Welcome to Victory with Paul Doherty, pastor of Victory in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services, Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Pastor Paul has a great message for you today, and I believe this message is going to make an impact in your life. Well, we have been talking about fear. We are in a series called Fear, Inc., And if fear was a business, it would be the biggest business out there. Billions of dollars are spent from the idea of fear every year. Billions of dollars are spent, decisions are made based out of fear. Uh, There's so many insurance policies out there of the what ifs that could go wrong in your life. And, And so many of us are driven by this, but our job during this series, and not just during this series, but as a church, is to put fear out of business in your life. We want to put fear out of business, the fear of spiders, the fear of snakes, the fear of death, the fear of terrorism, the fear of failure, the fear of risk. We want to put it out of business because it's time for you to get that out of your mind. Come on. How many of y'all ready to get fear out of your life, out of your mind? You're done with it. You're serving an eviction notice on fear. It's been written too much space up. But you know, we've talked about the fear of lack. We've talked about the fear of, of failure. We've talked about some different fears. Today, I want to hit on a fear that's a universal fear out there, and it's a fear that brings a whole lot of hurt around our world. It's not just a fear in America. It's not just a fear that young people have or older people have. It's not just a fear that poor people have or rich people have. It's a fear that spreads across all generations, all classes, all economic classes, all nations, and today, we're going to put it out of business. Y'all ready? Okay, go with me to Proverbs 29, verse 25. Yes. Proverbs 29, verse 25. I'm talking about the fear of man. The fear of man. And this is what Proverbs 29 says. It says, fearing people is a dangerous trap. One version says, the fear of man is a snare to your soul. But trusting in the Lord brings safety. Trusting in God brings security. The medicine, the antidote to put fear of man out of business in your life is choosing to trust in God completely. That his approval of your life is bigger and better than the approval of everybody else. Come on, that's a good place to say amen right there. So for me, this has been an ongoing battle in my life that I've constantly had to come back to and surrender to God. At a young age, I mean, all throughout my life, there's been moments and stories where I could look back and go, that was the fear of man. It was controlling me. It was driving me. It was holding me captive. I'll never forget when I first put my sermons on YouTube and when we started putting our messages out on TV. And by the way, on TV, you can find out your approval ratings. That's what they call it, your approval ratings. You can find out how many people are watching your show on TV, at what point they changed the channel, how long they stayed on your show. Then you start asking these questions. Why did they change the channel right there? Did I say something wrong? Did I do something wrong? Why don't they like me? Well, for me, it wasn't that big of a deal. And you know, when I put it on YouTube, I thought, I hope some people watch you know, my sermon. It'd be cool if a few people did. And people started watching it, and that was exciting. And then when I looked on the YouTube actual page, I saw this one part on the page that I zoomed in on, and it's the part where people can give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down about your video. Come on, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about right there? Didn't really matter to me until I saw two thumbs down, and I was like, what did I do wrong? I was preaching the Bible. I used a lot of scriptures. Did I use the wrong scripture? Did I tell the wrong stories? Did I wear the wrong clothes? Was my hair not done right? Did it, was it combed to the wrong side? And then I started looking for who gave me the thumbs down. <laughs> and it's anonymous, you can't find out. So I'm like looking like, how do I find out who the thumbs down people were? <laughs> you know, I wanna know who they were. I'm gonna go to their house and try to find out why didn't you like me? Why don't you like what I preached, you know? <laughs> and there's this addiction to approval when you're living with the fear of man. In fact, if you ever watch the Olympics or like people in gym, gymnasts, you know, they get up on the beam and I hope I don't hurt myself, but you know, they get up there and they're on the beam, right? And I think this is like life. This is life. You get up on the beam and and you're excited to try something new. You're excited to step out, take a risk. It starts at a young age, even as boys and girls at recess are introducing themselves, trying to find friends. Who's going to be my friend? Who am I going to fit in with? Who's going to accept me? 
Or when you get into business and you got an idea and you wanna share it with your boss, but you're afraid, what if he rejects it? Or what if I witness to someone at my job and, and then they look at me and I'm a Jesus freak and they no longer wanna have lunch with me? Or what if I start a connect group and nobody shows up to my connect group? What if I lift my hands in worship and then the people around me think I'm a weirdo? What if I go down to the altar call in front of everyone? They're gonna find out I have issues, that I have problems and I need God's help. And so we live wondering what people are gonna think. And you're out on the beam and you're kind of like, I wanna take a risk, but I'm, I'm hearing people whisper and people are watching me. Why is everybody looking at me? And what are they saying? And what are they not saying? Because sometimes silence speaks louder than words when you're looking for someone's compliment or their encouragement or their approval or their affirmation and they don't give it. You post something on Facebook. And by the way, social media doesn't help with this, right? Because now they give all kinds of options of what you can react to about someone's post. Right? It's no longer just the thumbs up. Now they got the heart emoji. They got the smiley face emoji. They got the, oh my goodness emoji. You know? Then they got the laughing at you. What is that all about? I don't even understand. Like if you're laughing at my, are you laughing with me or laughing at me? <laughs> then they got the sad face emoji. Then they got the angry face emoji. Right? And there's this fear of what are people gonna say? And if we're not careful, we're on the beam of life. We're trying to be who God's called us to be. We're trying to live without a fear of people. But the more we start thinking about their opinions and their thoughts about us and their words, we kind of get down and we go, okay, all right, I'm gonna play it safe. I'm not gonna do anything that would cause people to reject me. I'm just gonna hug the beam. Ah. <laughs> hey there. It's safe, right? It's safe to fear people. It's, it's a safe place. And then you get to the end of your life and you gotta step into eternity. And so you're like, okay, I gotta ungrip this thing. And you get to heaven and you stand before God. <laughs> and God is up in heaven, he's like, You didn't, you didn't do anything. You didn't, you didn't risk. You never witnessed to the people I called you. You never started the connect group. You never went down to the altar call. You didn't raise your hands. You never shared your ideas. You never started that business. You never wrote that book because you were too afraid of everyone else's opinions. And you feared man and you got caught clinging to the beam of life that you lived under the control of what people would think or say or not say to you. And see, the fear of man is a snare. And that word snare, the Hebrew translation, it actually means a trap for a bird. And this is what hunters will do, is they'll, they'll make these traps, these man-made traps to actually catch birds, but birds were born to fly. They were born to soar. So what the, what the man is saying in Proverbs 29 is, you were born to soar. You were born to live on the beam of life. You were born to take risks, to live for God's approval. But when you start fearing man, you get caught in the snare and you get trapped from flying and trapped from soaring to be who God's made you to be. And maybe you're here today and you say, well, Paul, I don't really have a fear of people. Well, there's this book that could totally mess with you. And if you wanna be messed with, then you should read this book. <laughs> and I'm not just talking about the Bible, this is the best book you could read. But there's this book from a man named Ed Welch and it's called When People Are Big and God Is Small. Yeah, the title alone just makes you go, oh. Or another book that really changed my life was Breaking the Spirit of Intimidation by John Bevere, right? Or another book that changed my wife's life by Joyce Meyer was breaking the approval addiction. But there's questions that are asked in these books that kind of help you uncover whether or not you have a fear of man in your life or a fear of woman, a fear of people. And here's the question, do you often need something from others? Do you crave compliments? Are you ever afraid that you might be exposed as an imposter? Are you overly concerned with how you look, how much you weigh, how you are dressed? Do you think about your self-worth or self-esteem a lot? Do you often feel painfully unappreciated? Do you make excuses for your bad behavior? 
Do you justify your mistakes or shift the blame because you can't handle the thought of failing in front of people? Do you show favoritism to certain people that you crave their approval? Are you overcommitted? Do you have a hard time saying no? You've gotta say yes to everyone because if you say no to someone, you might let them down. And to let them down is to lose their approval in your life and you can't do that. Do you get easily embarrassed? Anybody get embarrassed sometimes? All right, half of us in the room. The rest of you, I'm gonna have you come up and preach right now on stage. Anybody ever get embarrassed sometimes? Yeah, now more hands are going up. Don't call on me, pastor. I don't want you to, you know, don't give me the microphone. You're gonna embarrass me. But here's the point. The questions are all unraveling something here. He goes on, he says, do you compare yourself to others and feel good when you win and feel envious when you lose and someone else wins? When someone else gets what you didn't get. It's this constant desire, this constant, this lust to be noticed and affirmed and approved and to matter in the eyes of people. And what happens is it robs you from living with confidence and living with a secure foundation for a real self-esteem and self-image that's only found in the creator of the universe, right? Why, why, why live for the approval of people on the earth that are here today and gone tomorrow when you can live from the approval of the creator of the cosmos who's been here before you got here, who's gonna be around even after you're gone? That's the kind of foundation we should stake our identity in. See, when we, when we put too much emphasis on what people say about us or don't say about us, what they say to us or don't say to us, what they think about us or what they don't think, and some of us in this room, we think people are thinking about us way too much. Let me just give you a real like answer here. People don't think about you all the time. There's no one in the world that thinks about you all the time. Some of y'all are like, really? That hurts. <laughs> But there is one who thinks about you all the time. And he's not a person on this earth. It's your father in heaven. His thoughts of you outnumber the sands on the seashore. And he thinks good of you. He calls you his own. He says, you're not an accident. You are here on purpose because you have a purpose. So Psalm 62 verse nine says this, that men and women, high or low, in other words, rich or poor, are all but a breath. They're a vapor. They're here today and gone tomorrow. This is why we can't stake our trust and security in people and what they're going to say. Jeremiah 17 verse 5 says this, cursed is the one who puts his trust in mere flesh. Cursed is the man who's made man his God, his idol, what he thinks or what he says over you. Some of us are living like this. And it's a cursed way to live, Jeremiah says, when you're trying to draw strength or identity from them. It says this person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. In other words, you live an unproductive life. You cling to the beam of life when you live with the fear of people. It's unproductive. And you stay right there and you never soar, you never fly, you never step out to be who God's called you to be. But look at the contrast. Watch this, in verse seven it says, but blessed is the one who fears the Lord. So the answer to beating the fear of man is switching to the fear of the Lord, trusting in God. Blessed is the woman, the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is completely founded in God. Now let me just stop for a second, because some of y'all I can tell, you're like, okay, this is for someone. This is for you, because God has called every single one of you to do something in this life. God has not placed you on this earth as an accident to live an unproductive life. God placed you here on purpose because you have a purpose, but you will not fulfill that purpose until you place your complete confidence in him. And some of us in this room, there's this, there's this fear of what if I let people down? I remember when I first started preaching, my mom gave me a pair of my dad's shoes right after he passed away to remember my dad. But I took it a step further. I started wearing his shoes. 
I started preaching on this stage with my dad's shoes, thinking if I'm wearing his shoes, people will like me. I'll be more anointed. I'll have the Billy Joe shoes anointing on me. I'll be able to do great altar calls like Billy Joe. I'll preach sermons like Billy Joe. But see, you were born an original. Don't die as a copy. And I can be a first-rate me or I can be a second-rate Billy Joe, but I'd rather be who God's made me to be. And someone came up to me and they said, hey, Paul, I got you some new shoes. They gave me some boots. They said, uh, the shoes you're wearing, they looked good on your dad, but they look bad on you. I was like, ouch. What was he doing? He was trying to set me free. He said, it's time for you to start wearing your own shoes. And I knew what that meant. That meant it was time for me to start walking in the authentic me and to let the chips fall where they may. But what if people don't like the real me? I had someone leave our church years, you know, a few years ago, right when I stepped in as pastor and they said, uh, I just want you to know I'm leaving because I don't like you. <laughs> just blunt, I don't like you. And then I, I made a mistake. I asked the question, what do you not like? Right, because I was trying to figure out maybe I can solve this problem. Maybe I can be the version of me that you want me to be so that way you'll like me. Maybe I can be the version of a pastor that you like. Which pastor do you like? Judah Smith, Kenneth Copeland, T.D. Jakes, uh, Jensen Franklin. I can copy anybody. <laughs> I could be, I mean, maybe not a good copy, but I could be a kind of a good copy of T.D. Jakes. I could try. Y'all are like, no, don't try that. That's, that's not gonna go over good, Paul. But I asked him, what do you want me to be? And he said, well, you're just too positive. This guy said this, you're too positive. You talk about our best days way too much. And when he said it, it hurt. You know, I'm, I'm a young person, I'm, I'm sensitive, and I'm taking it all personal. And the fear of man starts crippling me in that moment, right? I start clinging to the beam. Okay, what do you want me to be? What do you want me to be? Okay, not, not positive. And I said, but it's hard because that's who I am at the core. As a young boy, I've always been positive. I've, I've always believed the best is yet to come. And to be pessimistic is to be completely opposite of who I am at the core. And honestly, I struggled with it. There were weeks, because I asked him more questions, what else do you not like? And he started going down the list. And so I had this list of the version of me that he wanted me to be. And I had some weeks to think about it. And this is why I say I'm a recovering, whatever you want to call it, um, free man from the fear of people. <laughs> but I constantly feel that temptation. What, what do I need to do to get people to like me? The fear, right? And I started thinking maybe I need to change. Maybe I need to stop talking about our best days. Maybe I need to be more negative and talk about all the bad things that are happening. And <laughs> y'all are like, no, no. Because there's a blessing on the authentic you. There's an anointing when you're being who God's made you to be. There's a freedom that comes when you stop. See, you almost have to get comfortable with the thumbs down. When I was watching the YouTube videos, at first the thumbs down freaked me out because I was like, how do I get those thumbs to come over on the thumbs up side? <laughs> Y'all are like, what? But I finally just was like, you know what? The gospel's getting out there. That's what matters. People are getting saved, and if people don't like me, no worries, God likes me. That's what matters, so I'm gonna stop living. And then some people, listen, there's a ditch on both sides. There's a ditch on both sides. What, what happens is, when you're living in the fear of man, you're on this ditch. You're, you're controlled by what people think. You're intimidated by what people are gonna say. You're intimidated by their opinion. So you're down here, you're shrinking back, you're giving the lesser version of yourself. You're trying to play yourself down. You're trying to copy to be someone else that people want you to be. And then you might go, I'm, you know, I'm breaking free of the fear of man. I'm done with the fear of man. And unintentionally, you go to the total opposite side, into this ditch. And, and you're like, I don't care what anybody says. Forget you. I don't care what anybody has to say. I don't care about their advice, their wisdom. And it's a disregard for people. It's a disregard for God's word. It's a disregard for, so it's like, I'm gonna change myself. I'm gonna define my gender. I'm gonna define my sexuality. I am who I wanna be. I'm free to be me. And you're not free. You're a slave to your flesh. This is a ditch too. There's a ditch on both sides. There's a ditch of the fear of man, and then there's this ditch of the total opposite side that says, I don't care what anyone says, even including God, but so how do we, 
How do we avoid both ditches? We come back to the balance, the middle. The only answer is the fear of the Lord. To fear God is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. This is the pathway to real life. This is where the boundaries exist to be the authentic you. Not the you that you think you're supposed to be, the free you to kind of define who you wanna be outside of God's word. It's finding out who you really are by the creator who created you, the one who put the goods inside you. Not what people want you to be, not what you want you to be, but what God made you to be. Come on, I'm preaching. I'm about to soar right here, right now. I believe I can fly. Come on, somebody. <laughs> something, something broke in me, though, for real. Something has broke. Like, it, things are about to get wild at victory in a good way. In a good way. Because in the last year, God's been so pulling the fear of man out of my heart, just like doing uh, uh, open heart surgery. And he's like, you don't need them to be successful. You don't need their approval to be who God's called you to be. You don't need, I was under this fear. And listen, there were people that I, if I was in a conversation with them, I was so afraid that I was gonna say something stupid. And then I would leave the conversation and I would rehearse it in my mind. Have you ever done that before? Where you rehearse, someone's opinion means so much to you that you're even afraid to go and talk to them. So you avoid them because you've placed them on a pedestal as a God in your life. What is the fear of man? Here it is, plain and simple. The fear of man, the fear of people, is when you put someone or their approval as a God in your life. When you put someone in the place of, if I don't have them, I'm not gonna make it. If I don't have their approval, I'm a nobody. If they don't give me two thumbs up, then I don't even matter. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. I remember my parents bought a book for us as kids called You Are Special by Max Lucado. And man, this book changed us. And I go back to it often. We bought it for our kids and every time I read it, a little tear forms in my eye because it's all about this right here. Something that everyone deals with. I've even talked, you might say, well this is something only young people deal with. Man, older people deal with this too. I've talked with grandparents and parents who say, I'm so afraid my kids are gonna reject me. So I, so I, I, I don't share some of the truths that I know from God's word to them. I'm so afraid they're never gonna come see me. They're not gonna spend time with me. They're gonna reject me if I speak the truth in love. And there's this fear of man amongst young people and older people, rich people and poor people, Americans and Europeans and Chinese, South, I mean, every country, the fear of man is a universal thing. And so the way to break it the way to break it is to come back to the fear of the Lord. Whose applause really matters? Who has God called you to be? And sometimes we place limitations on people because we're not free. So we want people to be like us because we're held captive by the fear of man. So we're gonna put it on other people. You can't take a day off. I don't take a day off. You can't have a Sabbath. I don't have a Sabbath. Really, God has a Sabbath. Stop trying to tell people what they can't do that's not in the scriptures. And it's hurtful, right? There's this, there's this limitation. People came to me, they said, you can't sing, you can only preach. Stop that singing. And then people would say, well, you should just sing. You could pick one or the other, singer or preacher. But what if God's made me to be both? See, I think there's unlimited potential when you stop worrying about everyone's opinions about you and you start discovering gifts and talents inside you you didn't even know existed because you just start living from God's approval instead of man. I have, a, I have an eye, like there's, there's all kinds of things I like to do. You know, sometimes I like, to, I like to make movies sometimes. I like to make videos and people are like, you can't do that, you're not a media guy. But what, what, if, what if there is some creativity inside of me, right? What if God wants to give you more than one gift? But you'll never know it if you live under the fear of what people say about you. John, you can't write productions. You can only preach on the stage. My brother is a great example of this. He does so many things. He's writing scripts for our Christmas plays and Easter plays. He's leading our downtown campus. There's so many opportunities, limitless doors you can walk through when you start discovering God's approval matters more than man's approval. 
I remember talking to someone back when I was a college pastor who said, you know, my parents, they never did approve of the person that I started dating. And, and uh, it wasn't that the person that I was dating was bad or in sin, they just didn't like her. They wanted me to be with someone else. And, but I just knew in my heart I was supposed to be with this girl and got married and my parents still didn't approve. Even after the wedding, they treated her like trash. You can come on family vacation, but she can't. If she comes, don't show up. And it was this rejection, not even a scriptural backing, just a rejection. Man, we place so many limitations on people that aren't even in the scriptures. We gotta stop that. We gotta start, you know what? The prayer we should pray for our kids is not, my will be done. <laughs> I shouldn't put my hands on Liam and Benai. You better be a basketball player. You better play football. You better be a pastor. You better be a preacher. What if I just said, thy kingdom come thy will be be who god's made you to be you like golf play golf you like tennis play you want to be an academic you want to be an artist whatever god's put inside you to be soar fly we put so many limitations on people and the fear of man it holds us captive i can't be that because mom and dad won't 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 like me so how do we break it? How do we break it? How do we break it? And I'm not talking about breaking away from God's word. I'm talking about breaking away from the control of being disapproved by everybody. I think there's three things real quick. Number one, we've got to renew our mind to God's word. Renew your mind to God. You can't go wrong when you get God's word as your guide. When God's word is your guide, you can walk on the beam without fear that you're gonna do something wrong. When God's word is guiding you, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, so I can walk on the water like Peter did, right? When Peter stepped out of the boat, he stopped worrying what everyone else is thinking. He starts walking towards Jesus. And as long as Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, he didn't sink. But when the wind and the waves picked up, and what if the wind and the waves are what people are gonna say? What they're gonna do? Stop looking to the left or to the right. Get your mind on God's word. Romans 12 verse two says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So let me speak real quick to high schoolers and college students or even middle schoolers, elementary. Listen, there's always gonna be a clique, a group at school that says in order to hang with us, you gotta be like us. You gotta drink like us. You gotta party like us. And let me just answer it for you right now. No, you don't. You don't have to fit in with every group in your school and compromise your convictions to be just like everybody else to fit in. This is not a popularity contest. You only get one life. And if you live to be popular with the groups that say to be popular, you gotta do this, you gotta think like this, you gotta conform to the pattern of our clique. Come back to the renewing of the mind. God says, I'm his child. Romans 8 says, those who are children of God are led by the Spirit of God. Ephesians 2 says, I've been adopted into God's family. He then goes on to say in verse 10, I am a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do great works. Philippians 4 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 3 is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live, I live in the Spirit through the Spirit of God. When you start renewing your mind, you start walking in the fear of the Lord instead of the fear of man. The second thing is this, you've got to trust completely. I've got to trust completely in God's love and validation. Trust completely. Let's say this together. I trust completely in God's love and validation for me. God doesn't validate your sin, but he validates you as a child of God. God loves you. He loves the you he made you to be. And you know what I think he's saying from heaven? Don't hide who I've made you to be. Shine, shine, and be confident in who he's called you to be. Something happened when my mom started dancing in church. She broke free of the opinions of people. She started doing the Sharon shake. She started doing the Sharon dancing moves, spinning around. She started doing a little bit of Micah Jackson stuff in there. Started, you know, kind of doing all kinds of stuff. And people said, whoa, 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 Sharon Doherty. This was in the 80s. You can't do this. This is not how church works in the 80s. 
but my mom was ahead of her time. Come on, somebody. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. But she stopped living to get everybody's two thumbs up. Because she said, you know what? God made me unique. So she would laugh and people would say, whoa, that laugh is too loud. You need to tone it down. And she would laugh louder. And then when they heard my dad's laugh, they were like, whoa, that's an embarrassing laugh. <laughs> you know, he would do all kinds of laughs. And people would be like, I'm leaving, you laugh too much. But you know what? My dad and mom tapped into something that I want you to tap into. The freedom from the fear of man. The freedom from, what if I show who I am? They don't like me, what if I laugh? What if I step out? What if I lead a connect group? What if I post this on YouTube? What if I start witnessing in the workplace? What if I start being who God made me? What if I share my ideas with my boss? What if I start that dream? What if I start that business? What if I write that book? I'm gonna stop living under the fear of what if I'm rejected? And I'm gonna start living under the fear of God knowing that I'm accepted by Him, that I have His validation, His love for me. Paul says in Romans 8, nothing can separate us from the love of God. I'm convinced, Paul said, I'm totally persuaded that God loves me. David would say in Psalm 139, how wonderful are your thoughts towards me, God. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So David had family members that were hating on him. He had a father-in-law throwing spears at him. He had a wife rolling her eyes at him, shaking her head. I'm so thankful my wife doesn't do that. My wife's amazing. In fact, she's taught me more about this whole thing of breaking free from the fear of man than a lot of people. But David had all these characters in his life, people saying, you can't do that. You're just a shepherd boy. Just go take care of your sheep. You can't fight giants. And David discovered he had so many gifts. He was emotional. You can't be emotional. Men aren't emotional. You can't write Psalms. Guys, don't do that. And David discovered all these gifts that God placed inside. And at the end of his life, he was known as a man after God's own heart. Some of us in this room, we're so afraid to, to tap into those things God's called us to do. Maybe someone in this room, you grew up with a father that never lets you cry. And so in your mind, grown men don't cry. But let me just break that stereotype for you today. We cry. Maybe you grew up in a, in a church or in a home where people don't raise their hands to worship Jesus. It's not cool, it's not right. My wife said this one time, Paul, we need to tell the whole church to pull out the cool card they brought when they came in. Just that imaginary cool card and just rip it up. You are not here to be cool. You are here to worship God. Something happens though. When I'm not trying to impress you, I'm actually able to love you more. Amen. When I fear you less, I can love you more. When you fear people less, you can actually love them more. You think you're loving them by trying to be everything they want you to be, but as long as you're fearing their approval, you can't love them authentically. The authentic love flows from placing them off of the throne of your heart and putting God on the throne. Then you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, mind, and strength, then you love your neighbors as yourself. All right, I'm almost done. Number three, choose to walk in the fear of the Lord. This is the third point. How do we break up with the fear of people? How do we break up with FOP? You like that FOP, F-O-P, fear of people. If you don't like it, it's okay, because I'm approved by God. I know where my identity lies. Number three, choose to walk in the fear of the Lord. I love what Paul said, this is so good. Man, this scripture is powerful. Galatians 1 verse 10. Obviously, he says, I'm not trying to win the approval of people. It's like Paul's up on the beam of life. Hey guys, I'm not trying to win your approval. And he says this, if I was, then I wouldn't be Christ's servant. If I was trying to be your servant, if I was trying to win everyone else's approval, then I wouldn't actually be serving Christ. Because I'm serving Christ, I can give you what you need. If I was living for what you want, then I wouldn't be able to bring you what you need. But because I'm living for God's approval, I can bring you what you need. I can give you the truth in love. I can speak to you. People have said at times, Paul, don't say that. You know who's in the audience. Don't preach on that topic. You know who's in the audience. And you know what? I, I like to just remind myself it's just me and God in here. When I get up on this stage, I'm preaching to the audience of one. And his applause matters the most. 
And that's what gives this freedom for me to do silly illustrations and to not worry about the rolling of the eyes or people getting up to go use the restroom every time I start preaching. I'm just kidding, kind of. All right, let me end with this last thought real quick. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 3, it matters very little to me what you think of me. Even less where I rank in popular opinion. Oh God, that's what I want. That's what I want. I want it to matter very little to me what people think or where they rank me. Oh God, I pray that that statement would be so true for all of us. Set us free from the fear of people. He says, I don't even rank myself anymore. Comparisons in these matters are pointless. I'm not aware of anything that would disqualify me from being a good guide for you. But what I think doesn't really matter much. The master is the one that makes that judgment. So don't get ahead of the master, church. Don't jump to conclusions about people with your judgments before all the evidence is in. When Christ returns, he will bring out in the open and place in evidence all, thing, all kinds of things we never even dreamed of, inner motives and purposes and prayers. Only then will any of us get to hear, well done. So we can say to the fear of man, you're not my God. God is my God. So I'm not gonna cling to the beam insecure about what people think or say. I'm breaking the approval addiction off my life. I'm breaking free from the Instagram society of constantly checking to see who liked it, what they said, what they didn't say. Lord, I'm finding my identity completely in you, my trust, my worth, my value. We have this book in the bookstore called You Are Special, the book I shared with you. It's a story about this little boy named Punchinello. And I just feel in my spirit I have to share it and I can share it really fast, but it's so good. It's a village of all these wooden people called Wemmicks. Max Lucado had this creative mind and he broke free of the fear of people saying what kind of genre he could write in as an author. And man, when you break free of what people think, you can write all kinds of stuff. So Max Lucado, he writes this parable, this story, that all these wooden people, boys and girls, they were called wimmicks. And they would give, they had a system of value. If you did something well, you got a star. If you dressed up nice, you got a star. If you looked pretty or skinny enough, you got a star. Stars for those who succeeded and dots for those who looked ugly. Dots for those who had too much weight. Dots for those who didn't dress fashionable enough. Dots for those who couldn't play sports. Dots for those who didn't do well in academics. Dots for those who got Fs. Dots for those who came from dysfunctional families. Dots, dots, dots. Stars for the pretty. Dots for those who were unqualified and inferior. And this one boy named Punchinello had so many dots. He would try sports, he would try writing, he would try all kinds of stuff. He tried to look good, but his warts and all the stuff he had, it just attracted more dots. And the more dots he had, more people would walk up and just put dots on him because he already had so many dots. And one day he met this girl, we'll call her Lucy. And Lucy had no dots, no stars. And she was free as can be. She was twirling through the streets and didn't care what anyone thought. And she was different than everybody else. No dots, no stars. And Punchinello came to her and he said, what is it about you? You have no dots and no stars and you're happy. How are you happy without any stars? She said, I met Eli. He's the carpenter. He's the one who made all of us. He made you, Punchinello. And he said, I have to meet him. I have to meet him. She said, when I met him, everything changed. I would have dots one day and stars the next day. Good one day, bad the next day. Pretty one day, ugly the next day. I would fit in with a group one day and I would be rejected the next day. But then the, the stars, they stopped sticking. The dots, they stopped sticking. You've gotta meet Eli. So Punchinello goes to Eli's office in the carpenter shop and Eli hears him walking in and he says, Punchinello, you are special. Punchinello says, me? No, 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 not me. 
I'm unworthy. I'm unqualified. I have too many dots. And Eli says, no, no, Punchinello. You are special not because of what you do or what you've done, but because you're mine. You're mine. And as he said that, the dots started to fall. The next day, Punchinello went outside. More people placed dots on him, and they stuck. So he would go back to Eli's office every day, the carpenter shop. And every day that he spent time with Eli, the dots would fall off. And finally, he started walking outside, and people would place dots on him, and they stopped sticking. Because the more time he spent with Eli, the less he cared about everybody's dots and everybody's stars. Somebody bought, this is so powerful. Somebody bought 50 of those books and sent them to China to an orphanage with children who were deaf and mute. And in China, there's a one child rule and, and, they, and they try to find the males. The males are, are, are valuable children in, in the society. And, 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 and so these families have placed these children up for adoption, orphaned by their parents discarded by society. And someone bought 50 of those You Are Special books for those 50 children. And they're reading through the books all at the same time, each one of them's reading, and they get to that one part. And almost as a united moment, they all looked at each other and they start bawling. These deaf and mute children, they just start weeping. And the director of the orphanage is trying to figure out what's going on, what's going on, what happened, what did it say? And, and he looks at the page and it's the page where Eli says, you are special because you're mine. Something was happening in these children's hearts. They were discovering their value and their worth and that they mattered not because of what society said, but because of what God said about them. I want you to stand your feet all over this room. You're about to soar. You're about to take off. I know on the other side of breaking free from the fear of man are limitless opportunities. God has great things for you. God has new ideas. God's gonna use you in your company, in your family. God's gonna use you at your house. Social media is gonna stop owning you. You're gonna stop being a slave to Instagram and Facebook and to the thumbs up or the heart emojis. You're gonna start having a secure identity, a secure value. The dots are gonna stop sticking. The stars, when people compliment you, it won't mean as much. You'll say, hey, thank you, I appreciate the compliment, but I didn't need it, I didn't need it. You don't need it. Amen. You don't need it. I used to think I had to get it. So as a pastor back at, you know, a while ago, I'd stand in the back of the room and just shake people's hands, is anybody gonna say good job? <laughs> I was so insecure. Now I can go back there and shake hands and nobody has to say anything. I get to love people more because I fear them less. I get to love you more. And you want a pastor like that. You don't want a pastor who's addicted to the approval of people. You want a pastor that's free from that. A couple weeks ago, God dropped it in my heart to invite T.D. Jakes to come and speak here. But you know what? A year ago, two years ago, that idea was such a fearful thought. Who am I to invite T.D. Jakes? He's up here and I'm down here. He's in Dallas and I'm in Tulsa. Okay, Tulsa is pretty awesome. <laughs> it was more just my self-image. And I had this fear of inviting certain people. I don't have a connection. He knew my mom and dad, but he doesn't know me. Who am I, little old me? And it was this poor self-image. And you know what? God has broken it off me. And so three weeks ago when it dropped in my heart, I was like, yeah, let's call him. Let's, let's find out. So I called a friend who knows a friend who knows a friend and connected him. And he said, yeah, I'll come to preach at, at Victory. And today he told his church, I'm going to Paul's church in Tulsa. I'm going to Victory in Tulsa. I'm gonna go preach next Sunday. Now, I just say that to say this. You go, well, that's a preacher's thing. But all of you in this room, there's, there's dreams, there's opportunities, there's things that God's called you to do. Don't let the fear of man hold you back. Don't let it block you. I want us just to close our eyes all over this place. Maybe you're here right now and you've just had a, a fear of man. Maybe the fear of people the fear of their rejection, the fear of, of not being accepted by them, the fear of their thumb not being up but being down, the fear of, 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 of whatever. 
All over this room, God's wanting to do something inside you. He's wanting to remind you where your value comes from, where your worth comes from. Like the book, don't let the dots stick any longer. Don't let the stars stick any longer. You can be free to be you. There's a freedom when you break free of the fear of man and you walk in the fear of the Lord. All over this place with heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're ready to break free of that fear, I want you to just lift your hand. Don't worry about what anyone else thinks because that's exactly what this message is for. Breaking free of what everyone else thinks. All over this room, if you're, if you're wanting to break free of the fear of man, I want you to just lift your hand up. Yes, yes, yes. From the left to the right, from the front to the back. You're saying, I'm done. Fear of man, I am dethroning you today. I'm putting you out of business in my mind and heart. I'm ready to start walking in that freedom and the fear of the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you say, Paul, I've gotten in the ditch, the other ditch of completely disregarding. I'm ready to come back to the fear of the Lord. If you raised your hand or you should have raised your hand, I want you to leave your seat as a step of freedom. Come down to this altar. Join me at this altar. I'm right here with you. We are putting fear out of business. The fear of man will hold us back no longer. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Go ahead. Let's just worship it. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. There's room at the altar for you. Break that fear of man of being able to take 
some family Sabbath time, sabbatical time away during the summer and something was happening. I was dethroning the fear of rejection from people and I was trusting in God because God spoke to us to do it. We had, you can't do it unless God's really leading you to do it. For some, you know, I was talking to someone else who said I, I had a real fear to share anything on my social media about Jesus. So I only talked about sports because I had people following me that didn't really believe in Jesus. So if I posted about Jesus, they would unfollow me. And I was afraid of them unfollowing me because I really need their approval. You see what I'm saying? And so they stopped looking for that person's approval and they started sharing Jesus on their social media. And you know what? They were able to be a witness to some people that only followed them, that didn't follow any other preachers. They were able to bring them into a closer relationship to God. You don't know what's on the other side of breaking free from the fear of man. You might be the answer to their prayers if you'll just step out and witness at your workplace, start that connect group, respond to that altar call, whatever it is. Lord, I just pray for every person in this room to experience total freedom. Every person watching online, watching this message on YouTube or, or listening to it in their car, in Jesus' name, I pray for a breakthrough from the approval addiction. If you're here right now and you've never let Jesus be Lord of your life, I want you to just raise your hand. Today's your day to surrender to Christ, to say, God, I'm coming back to you. I want you to be Lord of my life. If you're watching online, raise your hand right where you're at. This is a day of salvation. Let's give a big hand clap to everyone today that's making a decision to follow Jesus. And let's pray this prayer right now. Just say, Jesus, I surrender to you. I'm all yours. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. You rose from the dead to give me eternal life. I repent and I receive your forgiveness. You define me. I choose to follow you. Your word is my guide. Thank you, Jesus, for setting me free from fear, the fear of people. I choose to walk the fear of the Lord, trusting in you as my security, my safety, my identity. Thank you, God, for loving me, adopting me into your family. I'm all yours. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, praise God. I love you. God loves you. You got the victory. Your best days are in front of you. Thank you for listening to Victory with Paul Doherty. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services. Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Remember, your best days are right in front of you.